Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday, November 17th, 527 a.m. Central Time. Grain markets are mixed this morning. Matt Bennett is here joining us. Uh, let's start off with some South American weather, guys. Dry areas of central and northern Brazil will see material rainfall next week. The accumulation is slated to begin on Sunday and continue through Thursday. Amount uh, Amounts may total two to four inches across the country's key soybean areas. The extended forecast hints at a return to drier conditions for many areas. The vast majority of the country's corn and soybean areas continue to run significant moisture deficits. Matthew, is this uh, forecast for rain the reason that the soybean market kind of failed here? Essentially, yeah. I mean, that's what's driven the market higher. That, of course, in a bean meals, um, incessant reality uh, rally, uh, you know, just every day. Like, mm -hmm. you look at the chart on the bean meal market. And then, you know, earlier uh, or last week, uh, bean oil actually kind of joined in. It looked like everything was kind of coming together. But, you know, at the same time, you, you rally so long, you're going to run out of buying power. Uh, and you throw a little bit of rain on that. And to be honest with you, I'm surprised that uh, – you know that the bean market has held up as good as what it has so down what 20 some cents yesterday uh this morning you come in here and and, and uh you know kind of paired back losses from the overnight uh, i thought maybe you'd just continue to pile on because sometimes it seems like the funds want to you know act in days of three and uh I don't know, regardless i think that's the reason why the bean market's got the shine off of it so looking at this jan bean chart yeah we kind of failed above that old trend line that everybody was watching but you still got kind of an uptrend in place from those october lows uh to me it looks like a deal where i think the trade to some extent kind of bought the rumors about those chinese purchases and then once everything was confirmed that was pretty darn close to where the market topped so i don't know i don't know if it's over yet i think a lot's going to hinge on like okay so it looks like these rains next week are going to hit but then what's behind that What's mm -hmm. the forecast going to look like behind that? Is it going to revert back dry? Some of the forecasters are talking that way. Others are talking maybe it, it starts to shift a little bit wetter as it typically does this time of year. So I don't know. I, I think a lot is going to hinge on that sort of stuff. Yeah, to me, uh, as you know, Joe, whether it's here, there, I mean, it seems like once the weather starts to shift, uh, you know, it doesn't typically, uh, you don't typically uh, get a big rain in, uh, oh, I don't know, let's say the second week of July, you know, and then no more rain the rest of the summer. I mean, usually you, you get a little bit of a, a trend change, if you will, whenever you get two to four inch uh, broad based system. And so, you know, I don't know, I'm no weather forecaster, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if you don't come in here next week with the rain and all of a sudden these guys start saying, hey, the environment's shifting just a little bit. Well, what the heck do you think is going to happen whenever you just got all this rain? So so, you know, I don't know. I th I'm like you. I don't know that it's over. Uh, but at the same time, uh, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know how much downside you're going to have right now until you get a more uh, a better idea what this crop's going to look like. Yeah, I think the rains next week look like, I mean, I'm not going to say a guarantee when it comes to weather, but uh, it looks pretty convincing that that stuff's going to happen like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then after that, we don't know. Uh, we got some Argentina news too. Soybean plantings in Argentina may increase. Argentina's Buenos Aires Grains Exchange has increased this season's soybean forecast due to recent rainfall. 
Total soybean plantings are forecast to hit 42.7 million acres. That's up 1.2% compared to the previous projection. The exchange lowered its forecast for Argentina's wheat and corn crops. The season's wheat crop is expected to reach 14.7 million tons, down 4.5% from the previous forecast. Total corn acres are projected to hit 17.5 million acres, down 2.8% from the previous forecast. Almost all the groups out there, I mean, everybody's projecting this huge recovery in soybean production out of Argentina. The Rosario Grain Exchange got it, has it pegged at 50 million. USDA is at 48. Last year's USDA number was 25. Uh, they've had some improved weather there, I guess. But at the same time, just like in, just like the chatter in Brazil, we're hearing talk about reduced corn acreage. Yeah. I mean, both countries are talking about it. And so, you know, in Brazil, I think, it, 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 of course, it's going to amount to more uh, metric tons. I mean, it, it would be substantially more uh, the way that you... The way that you look at it, and so I don't know, Joe. I mean, to me, yeah, you're cutting back on corn a little bit, but you look at corn carry, world corn carry. I mean, heck, you've got plenty of stocks uh, for sure. But at the same time, I do think that it uh, definitely puts you in a position where a couple of things could happen. First of all, you know, if Brazil does end up having decent weather, I think that your uh, world bean carry is going to be rather robust, so to speak. As far as corn's concerned, yeah, you're going to pair it back somewhat, but I still can't get friendly. You know, even if you take the thing down to what, 280, 290, I mean, I just don't see world stocks getting to be a bullish type of discussion anytime soon. Such a perma bear. Jesus. I'm not a perma bear. I'm just trying to be a realist. Hate on Matt in the comments. Uh, we had export sales yesterday. Bring it on. <laughs> Last week's U.S. soybean uh, export sales were the best in more than 10 years. Net soybean sales of 3.9 million metric tons, a marketing year high, were up noticeably from the previous week and from the prior four-week average. China was the largest soybean buyer for the week. Net corn sales of 1.8 million metric tons were up 78% from the previous week and 81% from the prior four-week average. Mexico was the largest corn buyer. And finally, net wheat sales of 176,300 metric tons were down 50% versus the previous week and 57% from the prior four-week average. Unknown destinations were the largest wheat buyers for the week. Soybeans, the star of the show. That's a great number. We knew that it was coming, though, because of all those flash sales. So in terms of like where we're at, are we where we are we where we need to be to hit USDA projections? No, not quite. And the other argument that I might make, and 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 I think a lot of people would, is that still a lot of these purchases, wh whether they're ultimately shipped or not, is going to hinge on Brazil. If Brazil catches all these rains, if the crops 162, 163, you could very well see China come in and cancel some of these purchases. Whereas if they turn up dry and the crop isn't uh, what we think it could be, then they're going to take delivery and maybe even buy more. Absolutely. I think it's shown their, well, I don't know, nervousness, if you will, about yep. the Brazil crop uh, here lately. I'm with you. I mean, these are sales. They're not uh, shipments. And so uh, I will say one thing. Okay. You call me perma bear. I'm going to, I'm going to come back at you. So uh, last night it looked like there was a little bit of push on the river. Uh, Kafka was bidding pretty heavy for some corn. I, I think some of the guys in the JSA group are saying, hey, you know, maybe there's a little business going on here. I believe Kafka is uh, bidding the competition, outbidding the competition, maybe nine, ten cents. So I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's talking something corn going business on. Or, or talking business. corn, actually talking corn business. It should so, be corn business. We're competitive to Asia yeah. right now. We sold some corn to Japan yesterday. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, yesterday's uh, sales actually for corn weren't bad. No, they were great. Heck, we'll take that. You know, but uh, beans actually uh, hit it out of the park. We know that. Uh, but everyone has to understand uh, this is all hinging on what's going to happen with Brazil as far as rainfall is concerned. Uh, China's just hedging their bets, all they're doing. All right, we had some more flash sales yesterday. So U.S. exporters sold 220,000 metric tons of corn to unknown destinations for delivery during the current marketing year. Is this corn or soybeans? Uh, this was soybeans, excuse me, sorry. Okay, so soybeans, too unknown, maybe China, maybe not. Um, flash sales are good to see. That's This isn't the one that's going to move the needle. We hope to see some more of it, I guess. I would uh, say so, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else there is to say. I, all I know is is that export sales have been so much better the last, oh, I, what, uh, six weeks than, you know, where yeah. we were for quite some time. And so it, it's it's really been a breath of fresh air seeing some of these morning announcements. Yeah, and I hope yesterday, I hope the weekly stuff in corn was a sign of things to come and not for like sure. a one-off, you know. All right, drop monitor. Okay, so drought conditions across the Corn Belt were mostly unchanged this week. Slight degradations were noted were noted across southeast Kentucky, northern Indiana, southern Illinois, and southeast Michigan. Conditions across the High Plains were also largely unchanged week over week. Portions of northern Kansas and southeast Nebraska saw conditions marginally worsen. So when we look at the percentage of U.S. areas experiencing drought, corn country, 40%, soybeans, 42%, winter wheat, 44%, spring wheat, 35%, and cattle country, 38%. Look at the river. The river got bad again really fast. And you mentioned the, the potential for some corn business on the river, and that's Still possible, but I mean, this thing's going to be back to 10 feet below normal at Memphis by Thanksgiving, the way that it looks. Um, so this is restrictive, but that doesn't mean we couldn't do some business, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we can still do business. Obviously, we're not going to be floating full barges down the river, which definitely takes our competitiveness that you just talked about. Uh, you know, it, it dampens it just a little bit. And so, you know, we've got to hope that we get some sort of a shift here. I mean, bottom line is that we've been dry for quite some time in here. You look at the drop monitor, some areas have improved somewhat, but you know, I mean, good Lord, uh, right here in our area, you know, you've got guys that, uh, dig in basements, for instance, or of course, a lot of tiles going in the ground right now. And everyone's saying the same thing. Heck, we can't find any moisture anywhere. And so, uh, it's dry. I mean, it, it's really dry. Now, this year, we got enough moisture at the right times. But uh, this last year, at this time, we were pretty freaking dry as well. So, I don't know. Uh, but my main concern is, is uh, just what you mentioned. I really hope that we can get this river system uh, straightened out. Because as competitive as we are, I think actually our export program could be uh, maybe a little bit better than uh, what USDA suggested if we can get the river to, to heal up. Well, low prices should cure low prices. I mean, sure. that's kind of the function of the market right now. Buy some demand, especially as it relates to corn and wheat. And wheat export sales are absolutely terrible as they have been. Forecast is dry. There's really not much here in terms of relief for these river valley areas. So, yeah, we could use improvement for sure. Crude oil prices tumbled nearly 5% yesterday. Worries over a global economic slowdown sent WTI crude falling 4.9% to settle at 72.90 per barrel. Brent crude fell 4.6% to close at 77.42 per barrel. Over the last month, WTI has lost more than 16% and Brent is down more than 14%. The decline in prices is also attributed to supply concerns easing. OPEC is going to meet here in the next few weeks. They are scheduled to meet on November 26th. So things really falling apart. So we were at 92 and a half bucks 
uh, late September. Now we're down in the low 70s. Um, maybe you get back down to that area where it kind of consolidated in the you know mid 60s to upper 70s. I don't know. Nothing look good. Will we uh, refill the uh, uh, SPR if that happens? I don't know. I mean, we were supposed to when it was in the 60s and we never did. I pulled this this morning. I hadn't looked at a Bloomberg commodity index or any commodity index chart in a while, and it's really been quiet. It feels like, you know, in that, say, 2021 period, especially through half of 22, all the commodities were kind of moving together. And now we're to a point where it feels to me like we're not doing that anymore. It seems like everything's kind of doing its own thing. Crude's doing its own thing. Soybean's doing their own thing. Cattle market's doing a whole different thing. I mean, it seems like everything's kind of back to trading their fundamentals, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's been kind of crazy to look up uh, here lately and see, oh, on some days, uh, dollars down and, and crude's down, uh, but the dollar's down and most of your commodities down a couple of days. Like yesterday, for instance, yeah. uh, you know, it was just interesting to see kind of the relationship with some of this stuff. But uh, and then you turn around and, you know, beans down 25 cents and corn's up a nickel. I mean, I'm like, you know, that's not something common uh, that we see. And so I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it's actually kind of refreshing refreshing though to see some of these things trade in fundamentals it's just uh if someone is quote unquote trading uh, a lot of the things that they've been basing their uh you know trading uh, platforms on if you will uh i guess they're gonna have to reevaluate them a little bit especially if we're to continue like we have in the last several trading sessions but i don't know i'd rather see them trade on their own fundamentals and that sell-off in, in commodities as a sector kind of coincided with the Fed starting to raise rates. Mm -hmm. And now we've just been kind of sideways as far as the indexes go. Uh, cattle got hammered yesterday. They sure did, likely positioning ahead of today's cattle on feed report. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of 359 lower, except for five cents lower in expiring spot contract November. Live cattle futures closed an average of 285 lower. As I mentioned, we have a cattle on feed report coming out today. Cattle on feed as of as of November 1st are expected at 101.9% of year ago levels. Placements during October are estimated at 106.1% compared to last year. But keep in mind, last year's October placements were the smallest in history. So even if that 106% comes to fruition, that's still 4% under the five-year average for the month. And finally, marketings during October are expected at 98% versus last year. That report's going to be released here this afternoon at 2 o'clock Central Time. So is this just a nasty, nasty correction, or is it all over? I don't believe it's all over personally. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and buy uh, 50 cattle futures uh, by any means. I don't feel that confident about it. But I would say, you know, you still, Joe, the thing is you can't fix a small cattle herd quickly at all. It takes time. And you pull cattle forward like we have. You feed, again, heifers. I know you're getting tired of hearing me talking about it, but uh you, you, you feed heifers long enough and eventually you're like, you know what, at some point we're going to have to start building this herd again. And I do think uh, that a lot of your ranchers have healed up financially. Uh, we just got to see pastures also heal up on, in a broad base. And I think once you see that, I've got to think that you're going to start putting these gals back in the herd. And whenever that happens, I, I think your cattle on feed numbers will be as shockingly low as what they were shockingly high this last month. So uh, I'm not saying you go to 200 and above because I think we, you know, a lot of people when you got $200 on April are like, you know, what's on the other side of this? You know, do I want to buy uh, going into an all time record 200, uh, uh, you know, uh, big shiny level type deal type deal? 
I don't know. I don't know that you go to 200 and above, but Joe, I don't think the cattle market's done. I really don't. I think I've heard people say that uh, the most bullish cattle on feed reports are yet to come. Does that? Absolutely. And I think that they will, they'll be shockingly low is what I think. That's the reason why people bought cattle up to $199. Okay. Yeah. You know, because they knew that was coming. It's just that they weren't really planning on a, a 106, you know, in October. So, uh, you know, you're going to have to be patient. The thing is, once again, if if you tell McKenzie, hey, you know what? You can put these gals, uh, I'll buy them off of you for $1,800, you know, and you go ahead, right, uh, you, what you're paying off. Uh, McKenzie probably doesn't borrow any money, but some people like me have to borrow money. And so you're paying off loans, you know, or you can put them out in the pasture, uh, you know, and pray to God you get a, a healthy calf. You know, and a lot of these folks, the money was too good. It's simply too good to, to turn down. And so... Uh, at some point, I think that's going to turn. All right. Big report today. Uh, outside markets, guys, pretty quiet. U.S. dollars off a little bit. Stocks are higher. Bonds are higher. Crude's up a buck oh two in the December WTI at 73.93 last trade. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Later.